Welcome to the Get Inspired with GERD show, brought to you by GERD's Hundle. Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired. Hello and welcome to Get Inspired with Gerds. I'm your host and today I have an inspirational guest with me who demonstrates that it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, you can transform your life around. This person, she is absolutely amazing at what she does. I've personally been following her on Facebook for the last year and a half and I've learned so much from this person and she's just such a beautiful soul. I know you guys will love what she's talking about so guys please take pay attention for the next half an hour because she's going to blow your mind. Ashley Cooper is helping people to unlock their inner greatness and lead a better life. She is a yoga instructor, mindfulness coach and she's personally transformed her own life around when she was suffering from like bullying and depression and now she's empowering others to see their divine nature and she believes that anything is possible if you just believe. Ashley it's an absolute pleasure to have you on my show and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much it's such an honor and a pleasure to be here I'm just so happy. (laughs) Well I've been personally following your journey for about last year and a half on social media and it's just amazing at what you've done and what you've created and how you're empowering people to unlock their potential. So my dear, I know personally myself, I would love to know and the listeners as well, what your story was like before, what was your life kind of like growing up? Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I feel like now I'm kind of living the purpose that I was always meant to live in that you know, when I was younger, um, as you know, but I guess many of the listeners won't know, I struggled a lot with um, a lot of bullying and a lot of depression and even suicidal ideology, um, whereby, you know, before I'd even left public school, I'd attempted, you know, to take my life quite a few times. Um, But, you know, it was even, you know, I'm always talking about the darkness and the light and how the light can really come from some of the darkest times in your life. And even at that age of, you know, I, I was I was eight years old the first time I really tried to take my life. And I remember having a moment where, and I don't even know, you know, looking back, I'm kind of like, how do I even know what to do? Or how did I, I don't, you know, you just kind of, you, you really realize how young that is. But um, even at, at that age, I kind of had this moment where I felt surrounded by a higher power or my higher self or, you know, angels, or I, I felt this divine presence that told me that if I stayed alive, that I could help other people mm. wow. find a way through their pain. And it, it was just this moment of possibility in the pain. Um, now I still struggled with depression and, you know, for years after that, but, but it kind of began my journey from that day forward. And I kind of started studying my pain and trying to find my way through it and figure out what was going on. And I was reading books like Wayne Dyer when I was like 11 writing philosophy and and trying to fumble my way through, fumble my way through. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how my journey started. So I'm so passionate um, about helping people who are feeling stuck Mm. or people who, you know, have such large dreams in their life and have so much possibility within them, but they don't realize that it's their belief about themselves and their, you know, the, that's really standing in their own way. So I just love helping people tap into the power that we all have within us. Wow. So as you're going on this journey, what, how did you kind of eliminate the depression? Like what age was it where you realized enough was enough? I don't know because I'm, you know, I kind of feel like it's probably was around when I was about 25. That's when my biggest breakthrough came. 
Um, but I'm also very cautious about saying, you know, that I'm living in a state of perfection at the moment either, you know, because although I don't deal with severe depression or anything, I do deal with life's ups and downs. So I, I don't like, um, I just want that to be clear so people don't have the illusion that, you know, uh, because I think it can sometimes be self-defeating if we think that there's this state of all enlightenment and then when you don't have it, you feel bad, you know. Um, but I think my biggest breakthrough was when I was 25 and um, I had been assaulted, actually. I was, I was um, sexually assaulted. Um, and it was just, you know, after all the work I had done, I was down on my knees again wanting to take my life and just finding myself talking to the same power that I thought was with me when I was younger, saying... I've, I've done everything you said. I, I, I've done nothing but try to help people. I'm just trying to get my way out. Why now? Why this? Why am I sitting here? There has to be something more. There has to be more to this. And in that moment, I kind of realized that it was a lack of faith in myself, really. Yeah. And I I'd, I'd kind of felt like, you know, I'd lost so much faith in who I was as a person and I didn't c feel connected with my intuition. I didn't feel safe. So what I did was actually decided to do the complete opposite. I'd never flown before. I'd never traveled by myself. I gave up everything and decided to follow my soul for, you know, a year and a half or however long it took. Wow. Um, so I just decided from that moment on, everything would be a sign. So I didn't decide where I was going to go until I met a waitress who was afraid to fly. And then I decided to go to the, on the plane with her. <laughs> so it was this incredible journey of, um, from fear to faith, you know, and, and I said to myself on the plane on the way over, you know, I was so petrified. I was just like, what are you doing, Ashley? You know, you've never even flown more than maybe like 30 minutes in your life once. And you've never really like done so, so much by yourself before. Who do you think you are? And I was so scared that I'm pretty darn sure that if we could find that plane today, my fingerprints are still imprinted on the seat, <laughs> just cl clenching on for your life. <laughs> um, but yeah, I said, I said to myself at that time, you have two choices. When the fear arises, you can embrace it or you can embrace faith. You can lean into faith. You can just take leaps of faith. Um, and that, that led me to a 21-day vow of silence in Southeast Asia. Wow. Um, yeah, and it, it, that was at the end of my journey. And um, it was funny because through that journey, I was really doing having faith and leaning into the faith, but I still felt like I was running away from something, you know. And so when I did this 21 day vow of silence, it was interesting because after the seventh day, I felt like I was sitting with all of this stuff that I'd, I'd always been trying to run away with and I had no choice but to face it. Mm. And I had this moment of, you know. God, I'm finally gone insane. My parents are going to, you know, find out I'm in a Thai mental institution and that's it. Like, I literally thought I was having a psychotic break. Um, but the, just when it was getting the worst, um, it just, the thought stopped completely. And I guess I lived in what Eckhart Tolle calls the now hmm. for a couple of weeks. And that was the cessation of my depression for the first time. And I realized, you know, in that moment of epiphany that everything that I was trying to run away from I should have really been running towards. It's interesting you say that because I personally suffered with depression for five years and I had it up and down when I was younger as well. But I noticed that, how can I explain this? <laughs> um, <laughs> that anyone who goes through depression at their low point and comes out of it, it's almost like it's a journey they have to go through to, to come enlightened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like you can't ignore it and I feel like even though some of the most biggest entrepreneurs out there they've all suffered some form of depression but it, that's when they've found who they truly are in those moments even though it's like the most painful feeling at that moment in time mm -hmm. but when you come out of it it's like you're just this different being this new person full of like energy and you have a different frequency what do you think about that? <laughs> A hundred percent. And I, you know, I always say that in every instance of pain lies the greatest seed of possibility you could ever imagine. 
It's just being able to be with it long enough to find that seed. And so many times we're so in the rapture of our emotions, we can't see that possibility. But that's why I think faith is so important, because if you can just hold on to faith and know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, even if even if someone doesn't believe that everything happens for a reason, which I personally do, you will make it happen for a reason. You will find the reason. You will find the possibility and the pain. And, um, you know, and for me, I, I really look to other people, you know, and that's why I say like, you know, now I don't have those deep, deep lows like I used to, but I still get challenged in life, you know, especially because I love getting out of my comfort zone. So you get out of your comfort zone and then all of a sudden like shit hits the fan. You're like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, you know, stuff happens. Um, but I think, you know, the more you look at it and exactly what you said, entrepreneurs, the most successful people in the world, and I'm so passionate about talking about that. So I'm so happy you brought it up. Because I love working with entrepreneurs and people who have these big visions, mm. but um, they, it, but I feel so many people fall short of achieving their dream because they believe that the road to success is paved with roses and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just got to use those stepping stones as stumbling, um, stumbling blocks as stepping stones and mm. use every instance of, of, of struggle to find that possibility. And I think that that's what the greatest, or I know that's what the greatest entrepreneurs have done from you know, Mahatma Gandhi to Oprah Winfrey to, to all the people we admire most in the world. We just seem to think we're going to be exempt from that in some ways. <laughs> I guess it's like if you've been raised in a household where everything's quite comfortable, you end up becoming quite comfortable. But if there's been pain in your household, and this is just from personal observations and every, a lot of people have had on the show, it's when you're in that form of struggle and there's no nobody else can help you around you that you go out to go find that help. Mm-hmm. Big time. And and the thing is, like, you know, I had so many people around me when I was younger even trying to help me. Mm. I, I did, you know. I mean, maybe I could have had more. Maybe I could have had less. But I definitely had people trying. Um, but it, but that help and that and that that strength had to come from within me and, and realizing that within me I had that power. Mm. Um, and I think that's really, you know, it's always, it's always up to us. Um, and that's the hardest part. I think as well. It's always good to ask for help. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, if so many people can offer you help, but if you don't accept it, and if you don't accept that you have the power to overcome, it's a, it's a lot more of a tough journey. Mm. It's interesting you say that because I, I personally noticed that we were also powerful, yet we give the power to others. And I think mm -hmm. that is where a lot of the depression, the anxiety comes from because we don't have no knowledge of self and what how we feel. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. And we're giving it out because the way we were kind of conditioned to think from a young age, from like school, it's all like that competition, but it's never about understanding who you truly are as a person. A hundred percent. And it's funny because I talk to so many people and you ask them, you know, what do they, what do you want? And it almost creates anxiety because it's been so long since people have been asked, you know, what they want. And it's been so long for people to even ask themselves what they want. And so many people, so many, it's an epidemic of people just feeling that they're not worthy of wanting the things they want or having the things they want. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it's, it's so much about worth and, and self-love and, um, and, 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 you know, just that compassion in that moment of knowing it's okay to surrender to the pain, you know, and it's like being your inner child again and reminding yourself to be free and happy mm. without that kind of tension. 
Yeah, it's funny because I still do inner child work and like sometimes I'll do stuff and like, you know, because I've done so much work and it's like no matter how much work I've done, sometimes something will happen and that inner child thing will creep up and I'm like, oh, where the heck did that come from? I thought that was gone, (laughs) you know, but I know it so well. I'm so aware. I'm I'm so aware of my thoughts. I kind of, I can identify things quite easily, you know, where it's coming from. So I still do a lot of inner child work um, Mm -hmm. and and really work with that young child and, and, and then I see those patterns. I see myself working through those patterns to this day. Yeah, I personally believe that we're all we're supposed to not really grow up. We're still supposed to be that childlike self because when we're growing up as children, we're very honest, aren't we? And we're very free, and we don't care about what's going on, and we don't have to worry about the bills. But the moment we kind of grow up, it's like career, 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 run, 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 run. Yeah. <laughs> totally it's funny because we're just on so much autopilot and like that's a lot of what I talk about as well it's like you know we're we're so scared of feeling our pain you know even when I I have this program or whatever called pain to power and so many people hear the word pain and they just you know you see them kind of recoil so many people want to don't want to admit that they feel pain but even if people don't suffer from depression I mean I was reading a study the other day that said one in three Americans are dissatisfied with their lives Mm. So many people are, you know, not going after their dreams because they feel they're not worthy. Mm. So many people, you know, aren't living their life to their fullest because they don't feel they deserve it. And I don't know anything more painful. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, 100% agree. I, I personally, myself, um, I was working a job I didn't really enjoy. This was about four years ago. I was working a hell of a lot of hours, making a hell of a lot of money, but I wasn't happy and I kept collapsing in that office for the third time I stopped breathing and I had to go to the mm-hmm. hospital. And it was because, like you said, I was too busy thinking about money, competition, career, that I forgot about knowledge of self and how what I really wanted to do and what I enjoyed doing. And it's we're not really taught that in schools, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's a hundred percent. It sounds like you and I have had a very similar journey. <laughs> And so many people listening, it's like we're, we're, we all get attracted together. It's just like this like vortex. It just sucks. It gets sucked in all together. It's fantastic that we can all just have so much synergy. Because the thing is, like, so many people think they're alone, and that's been my passion as well. Part of the reason why I came out with my story about four or five years ago. Wow. Um, I just realized so many people feel so alone. I felt so alone for years, you know. Mm. And the thing is, actually, there's so many, so so many people out there feel that way, and no one talks about it. No one talks about the sadness, whether it be depression or otherwise. No one talks about those moments of defeat. No one, you know, that's why when I always get on interviews with like entrepreneurs or about entrepreneurship, it's always what I talk about: why failure is a good thing. Mm. It creates your biggest success, and it's the most. I think it's the most driving vehicle that gets you to where you need to be. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is, if you if you don't accept that failure is a part of success, if you don't expect it, I mean, then you're going to give up before you reach your goal. You know, and it's um, and I think that so many people do that. Absolutely. So, Madit, you're a yoga instructor and you're also a mindfulness coach. So, can you tell us how you're helping people to unlock their inner greatness through this? Sure. Yeah. So. Um, it's funny the yoga I'm not doing so much anymore as instructing but it's played such a huge part in my understanding of myself and through using my body and my and and the relations between breath and energy um so I use that a lot through the mindfulness work as well and it really lends a hand to it um the mindfulness work my my life's work or you know at the moment I guess I still have a lot ahead of me (laughs) god willing (laughs) um but um what happened after I did my 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 vow of silence 
Um, it still took about another three years or four years to process everything. And I really wanted to help people get a roadmap back to that stillness and space. Mm. And I tried to think, how, how can I help people? You know, what's the process you go through to accept your thoughts, to move beyond them, to stop self-sabotage? What, what is the process and how can I make this as visual and simple as possible, as possible? So that when people are in the throes of their emotions or thoughts or experience, they have something to kind of lean through and walk themselves through. So I developed this, um, it's called the 6A method. Um, and, you know, since then I've broken it down, actually. I've broken each of the six steps down into, you know, three or four further steps, sometimes five. So it's, I think it's about a 32-step process. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I created this massive framework because, you know, a, a lot of people have said to me as well, it's like it's been really helpful for them because, you know, when you're in the middle of something, sometimes you don't know what the problem is. You just feel these emotions. You don't know how to, you know, figure out your thoughts. You don't know where in the process you are. So you can actually kind of look at the map and be like, oh, okay, like, I understand that now I'm just having a hard time forgiving or I'm having a hard time taking accountability or I'm stuck in this phase where I don't know how to take action. And so for me, it's like so many people are being stuck. It's like stuck-itis. Everyone's stuck. Why are we stuck? You know, like what's going on with this whole stuck thing? Everyone's talking about, sometimes I feel stuck too. But, but, you know, there's not really anything, no such thing as being stuck. You're just in a process. And when you realize that you're in a process, you can lean into that process and you can find your way through it. But when you don't know you're in a process then you try and solve your problems with the same thing that created it which is our thoughts we try and solve the problems you know so many of our problems in our life are caused by our thoughts and then we're trying to use our thoughts to solve the problem absolutely <laughs> yeah no that's so true and it's funny because we always think we're stuck but actually we never think in the way what's the solution and also let's live more in the present so when we get there it'll be a bit more calmer mm-hmm a hundred percent. And, and deep within us all, I mean, I was so, I'm not as lucky as, you know, Eckhart Tolle to be living in that space completely now. But I also think um, where I am now is the fact that I can tap into that space mm-hmm. and I feel it. And, and there really is a place beneath us all that goes beyond, you know, it sounds so cliche because so many people say it, but it's, they, so many people say it because it's true. There is a place within us all that goes beyond our story, goes beyond our thoughts, goes beyond our beliefs that goes beyond anything and it's just this calmness and I kind of talk about it like you know I don't know if you've been scuba diving before have you no I haven't actually okay (laughs) so this is going to sound a little bit strange but bear with me so when you're going scuba diving um I had the unlucky experience of like descending or my first time in like the biggest swell in the water that you can possibly have without you not being able to go in so you know I was getting pushed back and forth and it was very very violent but regardless of that when you're descending in the water going deeper and deeper, the current at the top is always stronger than at the bottom. There's always this push and pull at the top. But the more you can breathe and descend, the calmer the water gets, and then you feel like you're flying. Wow. Yeah. And and that's how I kind of liken these thoughts. It's like sometimes we're just, we're, we're so in our minds, we're so in the top of our heads, we're so in our thoughts, that we're just getting pushed back and forth and getting bullied by our own minds. But if we could just stick with our breath and breathe and allow ourselves to descend and find that space, even for a moment, a second, mm. and do it for longer and longer periods of time, there is a sense of being in the flow and it's almost like flying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. You just took me in a journey there. I don't know if anyone else who's listening in actually felt that as well, that you felt 
like you were going on the journey with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so happy. I do. I actually do a guided meditation talking about that because I realized because it was so natural to me to associate. But then I realized that, you know, that's part of the reason why I developed a framework as well is giving people visual tools, mm. you know, giving, giving, because it's like the left and right brain, right? Like the right brain is more visual to, to be able to give those visual tools for our experience that helps us get out of our mind. Mm, absolutely. What kind of response have you received with the the six? Well, you said thirty two methods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. that I broke down. So um, that I broke down even further, and I did it in a six week program. So I just kind of like, how do I make this as simple as possible? And I just got very, and I'm a very visual person, and I was just like, okay. I and personally, also for myself, like I do my work myself, you know. So I'm the, I'm a, my biggest student. So I'm and I'm like, how can I make this simpler? How can I break it down? How can I study what's going on with me so I can understand it more? Um, but the response has been incredible, and I. I mean, I was so blown away. Um, I was I was really nervous to put it, you know, I would talk about the inner child stuff coming up. So when I first came out with it, I knew it was my life's work and no matter what, I wasn't going to stop. But of course, those voices creep up like maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe it, people are going to think I'm stupid. Maybe it's not going to work. You know, you, you, like the inner you and, yeah. and like the real one <laughs> knows that it's your purpose. But of course, there's always those voices, you know, so... Um, but it was so beautiful. Like I first put out an ebook and then I kind of put the videos and now I have my six week online program. But I think the biggest compliment was, um, from a doctor in this, the States named uh, Matthew Hurtart. He's, um, with thriving from diabetes and he did my program, uh, and read the book at least. And he said, it's the most comprehensive program he's seen in 25 years. Wow. And he's, he studied spiritual, spiritual psychology and psychology and he studied all of this stuff. Um, and that, for, I, I think I probably cried for two days when I heard that. It was just oh. such a release. And so it's so beautiful to be able to share it. And, you know, people writing me and just saying, you know, um, I, I guess the, the method is a tool, but I think the power is in the story. And I, at least I hope and I've been told that when I speak, people actually understand that I mean it and that I care so, so, so freaking deeply. <laughs> I care so deeply that people get it, that, that there's, there is a way out. And even if it's not my way they use, there is a way. Yeah, I think it's it's about being that role model because there's so many books you can read out there. There's so many, um, you can go see a psychologist. I'm not saying that's the, a, a bad thing. You can go see the doctor. Again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But when somebody can relate to somebody that's been through it, I think it's the most powerful tool. Like I've seen it myself and, you know, there's people crying and you're thinking, why are they crying? It's just like, it's my story. But they resonate with something because they can see hope and they see hope from you and within you that you've shown them a way which nobody else has shown them. So it's very inspiring, my dear. And I don't think you realize it. <laughs> That's so sweet. No, well, thank you. And I, I just, um, yeah, I, it's funny because it's like, I think, you know, having that purpose and something worth fighting for, I'm just so in such debt of gratitude to, you know, to you and to anyone listening for being able to help me um, be, be the reason why I get up in the morning sometimes when I don't want to, or, you know, find the purpose in my pain sometimes and to do the work and, and to come back to it. And, you know, I think some, sometimes what you were talking about, what you just said, it just, two things came to me. I, you know, sometimes I think the two most powerful things anyone can ever be told is you're not alone and I believe in you. We've, we're all suffering some form of depression. Like, I, I don't believe anybody out there has never gone through depression. We've all gone it. Whether we know we've gone through it or not is another story. But our minds are so powerful. We all have like a monkey mind, as you probably know, Ashley. And <laughs> yeah. it's, there's so much stuff in there. We're taking on so much information. What society is saying, how we should look, how we should compete. But again, it's all to do what I personally believe and what I saw myself when I went on the journey of transformation is it's knowing the power of self and loving yourself. That is all that matters. And it's 
accepting that it's okay and you can get the support and there's people out there who've been there but I think when you're on that journey you feel alone right yeah I think totally and there's just this shame and 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 in certain experiences or in saying that you know that you're feeling weak or you know, it's this, this perception of this weakness, but God, I've never felt stronger than when I just came out and said, you know what? I, I str- struggle with depression mm. for years. I wanted to kill myself for years. I didn't love myself. Still not perfect, mm. you know, but here I am. And I, this is all of me and all of me is okay right now in this moment. Um, wow. and uh, you know, it, it, everything is okay. And, uh, you know, I, I just think, I just really hope everyone gets that, that no matter where you are, it's okay. And emotions are, I love, I think I heard Wayne Dyer say this once and, you know, emotions are in motion. That's why they're called emotions. And if we can allow ourselves to surrender and feel them, the, the more they'll move through us and we can be moved by them. Absolutely. I don't know if you believe this as well, Ashley, like the moment you surrender to whatever's out there, that is the moment everything shifts. But if you keep fighting it, there's battles and you feel like you're like you said pushed left right and center mm-hmm. do you believe yeah. <laughs> i got full body goosebumps when you said that because no it's 100 percent true and you know that's that's actually the second part in my process so like the first step is awareness being aware of your pain i mean it goes of course a little bit deeper but you know becoming aware of your pain but the first thing when we have it is, mm-hmm. is our instinct to resist it and avoid mm-hmm. the pain and distract ourselves and you know, but Deepak Chopra even says, I love what he says, when he says you have two kinds of, of pain, I mean, two kinds of um, happiness, one that is derived from pleasure and then one derived that from purpose. Now, 80% of our happiness should be coming from our purpose, our sense of purpose in this world and what we're fueled by, you know, what our spirit is fueled by. But so many of us are in this state of distraction and just pure pleasure. I'm not saying it's all bad. You know, social media, for example, isn't inherently bad. But overdoing it is is not good, you know. Eating isn't inherently bad, but if we're overeating, you know, so all of this stuff. But so so many times we're seeking out these momentary pleasures and it's distracting us from our true purpose. But if we can just accept, and that's part of the process. I mean, part of acceptance, I was like, God, how do I break down acceptance? But it's really about a mind, body, and spirit approach. And that yeah. that people think that acceptance is a passive act, but acceptance is actually, you know, you take action to the extent that you can take your action and then you surrender in faith. Mm-hmm. And then you have that process and bit by bit, slowly but surely, you move beyond it. It's interesting how, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the Western world, we're very quick to make judgments or very quick to just like take quick fixes, like for example, medicine, because we just don't want to deal with the pain. Mm-hmm. And whereas if you look at the Eastern countries where people have lived in brain forests for like a hundred or so years, like who, there might be a guy there who's been about 106 years old, but they're the most happiest, healthiest, and they have so little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, in the cities, we, we get stressed over everything. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And it's funny because like I, um, you know, f- about five years ago, I guess it's five years ago, six years ago now, when I, when I met my, my boyfriend at the time, um, I had kind of given up everything I owned to do this charity work that I was doing. And I was living out of a backpack. Wow. And prior to that, I was a fashion design student. So I had like, I just loved, cl- I, not, not to say I don't still love clothes. I think they're fantastic. <laughs> Believe me, I'm, you know, but um, it was, I, I lived with very minimal stuff and I'd never felt more beautiful. Yeah. You know, and then when I, I had a crisis at first, when I, when I first came into it and I was like, I'm living out of a backpack and I just looked at all these people with these new clothes and I, I felt so insignificant and it made me feel so ugly. And so, you know, I, I just came to this place in myself where I just felt so bad about myself. Um, but just beyond that, 
Mm-hmm. I, 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 I tapped into such a sense of, and then I realized I'm not these things that I'm wearing. I'm not this stuff I'm decorating my body with. I'm, I'm not any of this material stuff. And don't get me wrong. I love putting on makeup and dressing up or whatever. I'm not making that wrong. I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup or doing certain things. But when you're doing it because you believe it's who you are or you're nothing without it, then that needs to be investigated. I think it's guess it's almost the influence from the outer world because you're absolutely right. When I finished both my degrees and then I came back to London, um, I had I had mim- as we call it like minimalism. Can I say the word? <laughs> um, and I felt so alive. And then slowly, as the months passed by, I started buying more things, more expensive things. But no matter how much I bought, I still didn't feel happy. And it's quite funny, actually, in the end, uh, when I got made redundant, that's what gave me the driving force to move and actually follow my purpose. I actually gave all my materialist, expensive clothes, designer clothes, bags to charity. Oh. And you know, it's the most liberating feeling in yeah. my life. I felt free again because I was holding on to things for the sake of feeling, thinking they were going to make me feel better. But really, they weren't making me feel better. They were making me have more stresses in my head. (laughs) And I'm so happy what you said, because that's been a huge lesson as well in my life. It's like the idea of emptying your cup. You can't, you can't fill a cup that's already full. Mm. And, you know, that applies to relationships. It applies to so many things in our life. And so many of us are trying to fill a cup that's already full. And we're scared to empty it because we don't have the faith that it's going to fill again. Mm. But if we can just take that leap of faith and say, okay, I'm emptying my cup because something new and better and bigger and brighter can come into it because I'm welcoming that into me because I'm creating space for something greater to come to me because I know I deserve it. Um, then, then that's when miracles happen as well. Wow. I'm having goosebumps as well now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I don't know if you've noticed like people who hold on to things, or as we call them in the UK, hoarders. I don't know if what you guys call it out there, but they just keep on to every single detail, even if it's newspapers from 20 years. It's it's not actually to do with holding on. It's to do what the thought process that's going in that they're not letting go from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Everything just needs, you know, it's really not, I mean, it's one of those things that's simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really about just investigating your mind. What are you thinking is it true? Is it not? Where is it? Your mind is your compass, you know, like, you know, when you're learning to drive a car and people say, they say, you know, where your eyes go, the, the wheel will go. Mm. And that's so much like our, our thoughts and, and we're so used to them and they're so repetitive and we're so in them. We don't realize that they're guiding our life. They are, they're actually steering us in a direction, whether it be wrong or right. Mm. Absolutely. Gosh, I went, you're taking me on another journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very visual. I'm an artist. So I guess I like I love to paint pictures. Love that. So, my dear, we are coming towards the end of the show. It's, it's gone so quickly. I just... <laughs> yeah. It really has, yeah. Yeah. What if you... So, I'm just... Somebody who's out there who's currently dealing with depression, what are your five top tips for them? What they could do? Well, for me, it's so much about... I guess it's about the inner work, which we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my number one thing is compassion whatever whatever and I'm almost crying when I'm saying it because it, it I feel it so deeply and it's been such a blessing in my own life and compassion is almost deeper than love it's it's being there with something mm-hmm. and giving and understanding the nature of its being and giving so much love to it and you know compassion and nonviolence towards yourself at all costs mm-hmm. 
that's number one. Because because if we're if we're violent towards ourselves, if we're violent in our thoughts, if for example you you're you're addicted to cigarettes and you take a cigarette and then you beat yourself up for it, then you're probably going to smoke five more. For example, you know what I mean. <laughs> if you're just compassionate with yourself, I said, "Oh, okay, not no big deal. I had one. Start again. No, start again. New moment. New moment. New moment." And I think so much so much is to be said for the the healing power of compassion and nonviolence um, towards towards ourselves. Because you know, even when when you are compassionate and nonviolent towards yourself, you're inherently compassionate and nonviolent towards the world. So that's number one, um, I guess. And number number two is to feel your feelings and not make them wrong. So really, it's what I was saying that emotions can be there to move through you. So I know I know what it's like to be in the throes of of, of depression and, and be there. And the, like I'm feeling so much sympathy or empathy for for anyone who's experiencing that at the moment. Um, but the more we can just allow ourselves to feel, and it goes back to the compassion. Allow yourself to feel the feelings. Have so much compassion to yourself, and try not to attach yourself to the thoughts that are coming up because of the feelings you're feeling. So try not to tell a bad story about yourself because you're feeling these things. Don't beat yourself up further. Just try um, and feel the feelings and not make them wrong. And your third? And the other, another one is really, I guess this also comes to yoga, but I always find that, you know, when, when we're in, in depression and it affects everyone kind of differently, some people, um, you, you just get, get in the, this, place where you can't move and you don't want to eat and you'd, I've been there before you know you don't even want to feed yourself you don't want to get out of bed so I think in that case any action that you can take to get yourself out of it you know go for a walk make yourself some food and always give yourself the credit you know what I mean so celebrate your successes even if it is just getting out of bed and making yourself food for that day because the more you celebrate your successes and honor yourself the more you're going to find your way out now in the opposite if someone else is depressed you know maybe they're in this state of avoidance where they're just running around. They won't take time to slow down. They won't take time to stop. They can't look at their life. They're just in this state of pure adrenaline. And in which case I would, I would tell those people to, to slow down and, and find time to be still, which brings me to my next, next one is actually meditation. So to be able to still your mind um, and, and learn to tap into that space and also being compassionate to yourself. If you don't find even if you're sitting there with your mind going, you know what I mean? <laughs> but at least setting that intention and finding a little bit more space each time. Mm. And you lost it? Um, and my last would be just, I think I've already said it, but no, you're not alone. Mm. That there's nothing wrong with you and that you're completely and wholly enough just as you are. I love those five top tips and I relate with all of them <laughs> and I do definitely relate about when you don't really at that moment in time when you don't want to wake up and stuff I definitely agree that you need to say nicer kinder things to yourself and when I was going through my depression actually I found I don't know if you do this yourself Ashley um I just look in the mirror and say I love myself but I couldn't yes. say it properly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was probably like the seventh or eighth time I'll be like I love myself and I was like oh god <laughs> this sounds ridiculous but the more I did it every day this sudden energy came in and I just felt more alive and suddenly it just disappeared, those negative thoughts. And when they did rush in, I just told my kind of other side of my head to shut up and it just <laughs> kept eliminating as I kept doing it. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. And, you know, I, bet, I don't know if you'll relate, but I'm sure someone on this call will as well. And it's funny because I've done that mirror work as well. And it's interesting once I started getting more in love and comfortable with who I was and more in my power in my, myself, like you're talking about the true self, I realized that for years I wasn't making eye contact with people. Oh, wow. I couldn't look at people in the eye. Not only could I not look at myself in the eye, I was looking at their nose or in a different part of their face. I could not connect with people. 
Um, and it's amazing because, you know, since then people are like, oh, you have such beautiful eyes. You have such beautiful And I think because now I'm so excited and, and, and love just so being present with people. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess it's to do with lack of self-confidence, isn't it, as well, that you're afraid of the other person looking in and seeing what's happening. And it's like, oh, don't look. Yeah, I was just so ashamed of who I was. And I didn't realize I was so ashamed. I didn't realize actually until I was making such eye contact with people and was so present and just available for them. I didn't realize, it wasn't until then I realized, oh God, for years I wasn't even looking at it. Not only could I not look at myself in the mirror, I couldn't look at people in the, in the eye. Wow. So my dear, what are you most grateful for in life? This moment. <laughs> really truly to be able to be sitting here doing this to be honoring the promise that I made to myself when I was eight I I'm you know I'm still gonna cry it makes me emotional because I feel so blessed Uh, I really do so thank you oh that's okay oh bless you you're gonna make me cry (laughs) (laughs) no it's just such a beautiful like grateful uh coming from the the depth of my being I just feel really grateful oh thank you (laughs) thank you you're an absolute inspiration I, I I know you deep down to know that, but I think you need to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. I know I probably do. I, I, it, it's, it's so well received and it's making me feel really good. So I, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Bless you. And where can my listeners find you if they're trying to find you on social media? What's the best place to find you? Um, well, if they want to find me, I'm Ashley Cooper on social media. But the best thing, I guess, is for them to go to my website. They can go to Ashley, that's A-S-H-L-E-Y hyphen Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R.com. And there they can find all of the resources and everything. Um, I also have a, my, a free paint power training series that people can sign up for. Um, and uh, so that, that's all on my website. They can go there. It's a, um, I break down my entire framework, which I will be taking down actually very soon in, in about, I think, three weeks time. So, wow. uh, yeah, so um, people are there. They can they can get my entire method for free. Guys, get if I was you, I'd get on it right now and click on that button. So you don't mm-hmm. want to miss out. And, yeah whatever you can learn to help you to to come out of the depression from Ashley you will definitely be able to see life in a different way and I can definitely see that I, I nobody can at the moment nobody can kind of see how I'm feeling but I can feel Ashley's energy and I can see that she's come so far so mm-hmm. it's worth looking into I personally will do it as well um, and my dear have you got any events coming up soon <laughs> No, no offense actually just yet, but they will be posted on ashley-cooper.com. So um, right now I'm just working on quite a few things that are going to be coming up. But um, the main thing is if people go to my site, then they're going to follow me on social media. Um, they cannot get it all access all from my site. So um, I'm also, I think, going to be, if this is airing when I think it is, then I think I'm also going to have my meditations up as well and some free meditations there for people. Oh, okay, amazing. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And just thank you for sharing your knowledge and information because I know somebody definitely out there who's been listening today on the show. You've, you've definitely helped them. So thank, oh, you, thank you from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. Well, you take care and um, I'll definitely have you back on the show again talking about a different topic because I can see you're all about transformation and it's just beautiful to hear. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, so, I'm like I said, so grateful to be here. Really, really grateful. Thank you. Bless you. You take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Sounds great. Wow, what an amazing interview with Ashley. Guys, definitely check out her website because I honestly believe that if you're going through a situation at your moment in your life that 
you're feeling really low and you don't understand why, she's probably the perfect person to go to. And unfortunately, it is the end of the show. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at IamGerds. That's I-A-M-G-U-R-D-S. And you can find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with Gerds, where I bring you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes, tips and advice to lead a better life. And also, you can check out my course called Supercharge Your Purpose, where we help you to live a life from passion and purpose. And this week, I want to leave you with this quote. You are the key to unlocking your greatness. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired.